Hello, you absolutely beautiful cycling fans, and welcome to another A1 Show podcast. I've got a busy, busy show coming up. I'm in Kinsale, County Cork still. It'll be the last episode I have down here before I hit the road for the big schmuck back to Dublin. So today I'm going to talk to you about a bunch of stuff that I think is pretty crucial. It's kind of our third one of this Genesis podcast. I'm going to talk to you about macro planning. Sounds like a complicated economics term, but it's not. It's just how you plan out your season. I'm going to talk to you about the importance of breaking your season down into little phases, manageable chunks where we exert the body and then we take brief periods of rest. I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about a little uh, escapade that I have going on at the moment. So escapade the right word or challenge the right word. I'm trying to quit sugar. I'm going to talk to you about why I'm quitting sugar, the type of sugar I'm quitting and the very loose self-imposed rules I've put around that for myself. I'm going to give you some weird dream analysis that I've had. going to give you a couple of my productivity hacks that are working super well. And I'm going to have a special guest on who's going to give us a recipe for sugar-free, not, sorry, refined sugar-free. I should be clearer on that and that'll become obvious why I'm making that distinction when I go through my sugar-free challenge. A recipe for little energy balls to bring with you on the bike so yes we do have a busy show so i'm not going to push it off any further and i'm going to jump straight into it so as i said last day we don't have a show sponsor at the moment so the show sponsor for this show is a1 coaching and what i'd encourage listeners to do is to have a browse if you have a browser on the site have a look at the plans if you have any friends who are you know thinking of taking up coaching at the moment please pass our ourselves on as a recommendation and that's you know the i suppose the pay payback from you guys for us putting out the free content uh i had an email today from a client which was really touching uh client's name is paddy i'm gonna blur the surname for obvious reasons um paddy just reached out saying that all too often people only email to highlight problems so i wanted to drop a quick email to say thank you very much I've bounced around coaching companies in Ireland, the UK and the US for the last 10 years, always looking for something, (coughs) excuse me, always looking for something better, always dissatisfied. Since coming to yourself six months ago, I've been absolutely amazed at the quality of service, the professionalism and the time you guys have for me as the athlete. I'd like to sincerely thank you for the great work you guys are doing. I'll be a client for many years to come. So that was a lovely email to receive so again i would totally agree with what paddy said there as i often only email i don't even email that often complaining but i I definitely rarely if ever have emailed to say i had a good experience and i'm not gonna lie we don't get a lot of random emails out of the blue from people saying they had an amazingly good experience often if a client is finishing up at the end of a season at the end of a target complete we'll get a very nice thank you email off them but it was nice to get a random email in the middle of the season from this guy who's obviously super happy with the service but guys that's typical you know it's the reason why we're we've stuck around so long as a coaching company we've back-end systems in place that are just you know far superior to far superior to competitors in the market you know if you look at the back end of the system we have we've strength and conditioning plans we've cookbooks we've drinks books you know we've downloadable mental strength courses we've webinars in the background with you know ex-national champions and pro cyclists from team sky all recorded in the background you know with the partnership with today's plan and then we have a collective of coaches so you know you're not drawn on the experience of one you're drawn on the experience of many 
like we've Barry Murray there as the in-house nutritionist who's worked with BMC we've sports scientists ex-world tour coaches like Alan Davis or ex-world tour riders been on the podium in San Remo so you know the coaching company it's a little bit different from what's out there so yep that's the plug and that's the that's the that's the shameless shill for the day it's not something that comes natural I think to Irish people is that self-promotion but definitely working on it as part of this podcast thing and as I say it is a little bit more acceptable in podcast land so uh, I'm going to embrace that I'm going to embrace that I'm going to fight against my normal instinct to be reluctant to taking praise so the first main thing I want to talk to you guys about today and it's it's so central to planning out your training and it's a macro training plan so this is the idea of macro it's we're thinking about the bigger picture with macro micro we're looking in close macro we're looking at the bigger picture so we refer to the annual training cycle as a macro training cycle and then we look at various blocks within that as little meso cycles and then each meso cycle in turn contains a micro cycle this could be a period of three or four weeks followed by a recovery period to help you take that training load and for your fitness to fully develop so think of this like what are them little wee Chinese dolls where you have one inside the other inside the other so having all these phases it's absolutely vital and I'm, I'm going to go through why it's vital because we all know someone who's gone to the gym for you know two three days a week for four or five years and they see almost no difference so what's going on there our body gets used to a stress and when our body gets used to a stress we have to take a period of rest to allow us to absorb that stress to recover all our training makes us makes it possible for us to get faster and once we recover we absorb that training and we realize that possibility so once we build in that recovery period then we have a chance of actually realizing those gains and locking in those gains but then what we need to do is we can't go back to the same type of stress again or we don't grow our body just gets used to it think about the guy who got the job in the building side or something i'm speaking from personal experience here when i was like 16 i got a summer job on a building site and i used to come home from work knackered like i'm talking couldn't move but guys have been doing the job for you know a few years they were playing five episodes <coughs> after work they were drinking with friends after work no problem at all they'd you know normalize that amount of activity and it just became so their body became so used to it but for me it just wasn't possible so more often than not what i see in the course of a four-week micro cycle is life pops up for people you know this is why i think it was so important that we adapted this stuff when we sat down to, to create it because what was out there was you know your andrew cogans your joe freels uh your you know chris carmichael's and they're working with pro athletes they're working with people who it's the center of their lives and while it's the center of you know my life when i'm training hard and probably yours there's other stuff that has to revolve around that as well which are equally important so it's like a balancing plates and spinning all these plates fast enough and hoping one doesn't fall off and once one loses momentum getting back to the other one so it's it's counterbalance as much as it is balance so you know you're gonna have to stay late at work the kids are sick you have those compulsory social gatherings especially around christmas so whatever the reason is the training plan it has to be fluid and it has to be dynamic you, you know you don't want to have just completed a recovery week only to have an enforced recovery week again because of some sort of life circumstances so in other words you must know the principle and you must you must have enough knowledge to make wise adjustments as you go along so this is what i'm going to talk to you guys about today so if you get what i'm saying there if you know you have it if you go to joe freel typical plan that he'd advocate where he says three weeks on and one week off but if you've three weeks on 
one week off and now all of a sudden family holiday pops up for a week. Now you've three weeks on and two weeks off and sure that's completely ruining your form. It's completely ruined, you know, what you call your chronic training load, your CTL, it's your fitness score. So a bit of advanced planning and understanding why, so this is kind of the goal of today is helping you to understand why advanced planning is necessary. So base period is the first period and this is typically what you would recommend or what you know a, a traditional standard training book would recommend for a base period of sort of between four and 12 weeks a build period of six to ten weeks specific adaptation period of about eight weeks then we're looking at about a one to two week taper and then we're looking for peaking for your a priority race so the sort of training philosophies we've traditionally seen have dictated that you'd ride for endless hours during base period to develop an aerobic base. So stuff goes on here like, you know, building aerobic efficiency, increased mitochondria development. The problem I found, and I found with our athletes is, this is very problematic. Uh, it's especially problematic for people living in cooler climates with daylight savings. Because the time we're being asked to ride the longest the highest volume is the time of year when weather is worst and daylight hours are very, very limited. So in recent years, what we've tried to push and advocate, it's a front-loaded periodization. So it's a break from traditional thinking. A lot of the more, you know, newer coaches, the more enlightened coaches are going with front-loaded periodization or reverse periodization structures. It's basically turning conventional wisdom on its head and it's taxing the upper training zones and the cycle forced. Why I hooked onto this among some of the great data on it, it's brilliant for time crunch cyclists because you don't have to ride those endless kilometers in the dark and in the cold. So we're focusing on those physiological systems. If you haven't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, physiological systems, you need to go back two podcasts ago and check that one out where we talk about physiological systems, what zones to train in, why we're training in those zones. So there's a theory of, say we want to improve threshold. There's two ways of improving threshold. We can try and just below threshold and push threshold up, or we can try and just above it and pull it up. So that's what this is kind of about, this front load of periodization. We're focusing on physiological systems in a top-down basis, and we're trying to pull each of them up. So this has a potential to elicit great training benefits, huge adaptations, and it the data looks a lot better in the bottom-up structure. Plus, for us, it has that extra extra uh, benefit of not having to do super long hours in the really cold and miserable weathers. So it's really what I'm trying to do with this, guys. I'm trying to challenge those old beliefs all the time. I'm trying to bring you guys the latest research, especially when it's around time crunched and we're trying to balance other stuff. You know, it's a little bit of the ethos of the podcast as well, where, you know, I think they're so interchangeable to say that you're, just a cycling coach like no, no, i hate the word holistic so i'm not going to use it but cycling doesn't happen in a vacuum around no family no job so the goal of the podcast is going to be to bring you productivity hacks it's going to be to bring you self-development stuff it's going to be going to bring in that all-encompassing 360 athlete there see the way i got around saying holistic 360 athlete you know those seven years in college weren't wasted that little bit of verbal acrobatics to get around it uh so do you guys know where you are in this cycle are you in base build specific taper or race 
So you need to be sitting down at the start of the year. And like, as I said, I'm going to try and build something. Not going to try. I've started building it. So I definitely will launch it. You're going to have solid details on this eight week challenge. That's coming up on the next podcast episode on Friday. And you're going to have solid details on what the eight week challenge is then. But it's not too late now for us to jump into, you know, a specific block. Then we taper, then we race. And it'll, so you guys will start to understand why we're in certain blocks, what the training demands are, what zones we use in this block. And, you know, for an athlete, I love to see them coming in for 12 months, getting all this knowledge taking the knowledge and going and applying themselves like so like if you look around Ireland the UK so many of the coaches that are coaching individually now they've come through you know A1 either as athletes or as coaches themselves they're learning this stuff and then they're going off and applying and brilliant more power to them so that's my goal for you guys it's come in learn this stuff as an athlete learning as a coach and then go off and spread the good word because there's a right way to do stuff and there's a wrong way to do stuff so there you go rant over on that one yeah, as I say, guys, a lot of the stuff I'm trying to do on this, it's the combination of the sport, it's the combination of the productivity, and it's the combination of the personal development. So a lot of times you're going to hear me talking about, you know, books I've been reading this week, which I've found particularly good, or new apps or tools, which I'm finding good. And the reason being that when I'm going well off the bike, I'm going well on the bike. They're, they don't happen in a vacuum for me when i can nail one part it has this knock-on momentum effect to the rest of my life i'm not sure if you guys find that the exact same but it's something i've noticed as a trend between our clients and it's something i've noticed yeah you do get you know okay like it's it's defining what you think is going well you know you get the guys who are absolutely go all in but it's not sustainable we're looking for sustainable we're looking you know for the guy who can win races all season for season after season who can also thrive in his career thrive in his family thrive with new hobbies and interests great social circles it's possible it's very possible but a lot of these little tips and tricks and you know there's a good quote i think uh, learn from mistakes but you should always learn from mistakes but they don't have to be your mistakes like i love that one so that's essentially what i set up a one to be it took me ages to figure out what i was doing I went down so many dark alleys and learned so many lessons. When I got to the end of the lesson or the laneway, I said to myself, shit, if I knew that six months ago, it would have saved me a lot of time. And I've been running down those alleys and so have the other coaches ever since. And we've put together those lessons and that's effectively what you guys are getting. But I'm reading a book called, at the moment called The Checklist Manifesto. And it's absolutely brilliant. It's brilliant in its simplicity. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's the power of checklists and why you should use checklists. And they talked about, there was the, an airplane they brought in during Second World War. And the airplane was so complex that when they went to demo, it was a Boeing airplane. When they went to demo it, their most experienced pilot crashed it and he died. And the military, US military said, you know, this isn't, it's too complicated. There's, it was four engines on it where previously they only had two engines on these planes and there was too many things to remember and the military relegated and said you know what it could turn to war but it won't turn to war because we're not going to be able to get pilots skilled enough to fly this and anyway rogue three pilots inside the air corps said you know what even though you're not buying them they're hoping to buy you know ten thousand of these things or some crazy number they only bought three in the end and these three pilots went off and they said you know what let us figure them out 
And what the lads done was they created a checklist. And it was the first time a checklist had been used in this capacity in aviation. And they went through the checklist and they were able to teach, you know, complete novice pilots how to fly the thing with almost no pilot errors. And it, it's a really good read. But based off that, I've started using an app during the day called To Do, T-U-E-X-D-E-U-X, To Do. Super simple. Obviously, I've no financial incentive or financial uh, affiliation with that company. So go and check them out if you want. Don't check them out if you don't want. But it's something I found pretty cool. Sticking with the randomness topic. I had a mad dream there the other night. I'm not gonna, not not in that. It's about an Irish female rider, but not in that sort of weird, perverted way where your head's after going to. I had a dream that this Irish female pro cyclist came to my old school to give a talk, and I'd hooked up this talk, so I felt a lot of responsibility. And then a lad I used to go to school with, you know, dreams don't make any sense. Time's not linear and shit in them. So a lad I used to go to school with back in the day who's a bit of a rough diamond, was a student and he was whatever, 15, and he punched her in the throat during her presentation. He throat punched her, unprovoked throat punch, and she died. So yeah, that was a pretty mental dream. I'm not really sure what that means. Uh, not really sure what you can take out of that one either, so I'm just going to leave that one sit. And I'm going to talk to you about a little endeavour I've set for myself. I'm going to give up sugar for the next 30 days. Three zero 30 days without sugar. Why am I doing this, you might ask. I haven't fully got the reasons in my head why I'm doing this. I know sugar has sort of an addictive hold on me. There's a, there's a self-discipline element around it that I want to show that I can quit sugar. And it's definitely easy to lose self-discipline around sugar and around snacking. And I'm going to talk to you exactly what I mean by sugar in a minute because I'm not really dogging on fruit and stuff here. This isn't, I'll get into some more stuff on, you know, keto, ketones, controlling blood sugars and stuff in later episodes. But this is more of a self-discipline exercise for me. You know, there's obviously some health benefits to giving up sugar. You know, sugar has been proven to things like damage metabolism. It's obviously closely linked to type 2 diabetes. It's very closely linked with liver damage for athletes it's really bad for inflammation and joint pain and tooth decay is obviously a problem as well with sugar but for me it's more you know as an athlete it's very easy to justify having some ice cream having a pizza having biscuits after training because you say to yourself oh, i've done a good session today and you're still in a negative calorie so weight's not going on but just because weight's not going on doesn't mean we're not getting those sort of damages I spoke about there, like damaging my metabolism, it's messing up my insulin secretion, uh, and snacks have just become a crutch. I, you know, I'm back doing the A1 stuff uh, pretty full on at the moment, and especially trying to build this new eight-week challenge for you guys, there's a lot of time going into it. So you're working some weird long hours, and often you're just looking for that little energy kick, and you reach for the cookie, you reach for the can of Coke or whatever. Actually, not so much a can of Coke, it'd be more of a can of Red Bull type one character. But very easy to do and use that as a crutch. 
and not to mention, I see a bunch of our clients doing this and they're not getting the calories in, calories out. You know, if you're not using something like MyFitnessPal to manage the calories in, calories out, it can be easy to kid yourself that, oh, I've done a session today when you burnt 900 calories and to take in 1,500 calories and before you know it, you end up with that dad bod with the slight little gut. And that's a very easy one to do as well. Like, sugar is addictive at, at its core, you know. There's studies showing that studies more addict- sugar's more addictive than cocaine and so I don't know about that. But... Uh, the recommendation is that you get under 5% of your daily calorie intake is from sugar. You know, sugar used to be just inner desserts, but now sugar's absolutely everywhere. And there's a reason that manufacturers are putting sugar into everything. One, it tastes amazing. And two, it's addictive, so you're going to buy more of the product. So I'm kind of challenging myself to give it up for the next 30 days as much for the health benefits as the self-discipline for it so yesterday was day one and it's it was a challenge in day one because what i found is i'm not really full after food okay well maybe i should define the rules first because what i'm talking about really is added sugar i'm not talking about if anyone knows the glasgow comedian kevin bridges i'm not talking about fruit uh, so if you haven't checked out that clip on youtube it's brilliant Kevin Bridges is talking about he goes to the gym and he's looking for some personal training advice. So the lad, the gym, big beefy personal trainer. Uh, you know, he said he works, you know, part time a car phone warehouse, but he's training for the apocalypse. One of these muscle bound fuckers. Uh, he asks him, you know, what you have for breakfast. So his head immediately goes and tries to come up with something that he didn't have for breakfast to tell his personal trainer. So he says to him, yeah, I had a bowl of fruit. And the personal trainer gets on his case, and he's like, fruit, you had fruit. Oh, there's your problem, mate, fruit. And Kevin Bridges is like, hold on a second. For all you know, I did have fruit. I should be fucking commended for having fruit. I tear these chocolate orange and a, <laughs> and a bag of Skittles. So Kevin Bridges, uh, rightly confused as to why you can't have fruit and i'll get deeper into that in other episodes how the body metabolizes sugars what happens to sugar how it's used as an energy source it's a bit beyond why i'm doing this because it's not really why i'm doing it i'm very conscious of that stuff and i'm very conscious of you know research coming from blue zones around controlling blood sugars and i'm definitely going to get into some tactics around mitigating blood sugar controls like you know like how you can upregulate your glut 4 transporters and you know, using bitter melon extract and apple cider vinegar and techniques like this. Uh, postperandial walks is another cool one. Uh, there's loads of techniques around that and blood sugar control, but that's not what, really what this is. This isn't a blood sugar control. I'm not looking for the effect on my blood sugar. What I'm looking for is just actually minimize the raw sugar, the added sugar. So I'm looking at, you know, not eating things like breads, cakes, sweets, snacks. Uh, I've set myself the loose rule of eating natural sugars on the bikes so that's why i'm going to bring sarah in in a little bit now and i'm going to get sarah to talk to you about uh about how to make these energy balls uh so sarah is my girlfriend sarah is the cook of the house and sarah is the one who keeps me fueled and fed and happy so a greater expert in the culinary delights i couldn't find 
and race tomorrow evening and we've got to muck around with bringing natural alternatives like honey and stuff in little pouches during the races bit of an experiment i've no a priority targets left for the rest of the season so it may impact performance a little bit but it'll be something interesting to talk to you lads in the podcast around so as i said i like this the billy Connolly thing again i've left that story and i'm coming back to it so i found that i haven't been full on meals you know typically this morning i had like halloumi eggs mushrooms and uh tomato for breakfast i probably would have had that exact same thing with a couple of slices of toast but i couldn't have the toast i also had a bit of a headache today and i found myself going for caffeine to try and become a little bit of an extra stimulant which is not a crutch i want to rely on going forward too much also you got to be super aware of checking the backs of packets because sugar is hidden everywhere you know going to make a curry this evening can't the curry paste has sugar in it it's in everything it's in your yogurts it's in it's in some toothpastes like it's ridiculous it's everywhere so it makes you more aware of where sugar is and it really starts getting you thinking do we need this much sugar in our diet as i said it used to be just in desserts and now it's everywhere so i'm challenging myself for 30 days to try and give it up this is unrelated to the eight week challenge which is actually going to be training stuff this is just me going on a random tangential dietary sort of pilgrimage for the rest of the season but uh i'm looking forward to it and i'm going to keep you posted and hopefully the mood swings aren't demonstrable over podcast but that's the sort of chance you take so without further ado i'm going to pass you across to sarah and she's going to walk you through exactly how you make these delicious energy balls Hello, you beautiful cycling fans. So I have been roped into and giving away some of my recipes over the next few weeks. And today uh, I just want to run through the quick and tasty no-bake energy balls for um, when you're out and about on the bike. Um, These are really, really easy to make. They're delicious and really easy to consume when you're on the go. There's no hidden preservatives or any of that nasty stuff that you'll find in your shop wash, energy bowls or bars. Um, the recipe um, will give you, well, depending on how like how big you like your bowls, it should give you about 10 portions and each bowl will give you 10 or 11 grams of carbs, 2.3 grams of protein and uh, 7 grams of fat. So um, no, no need to scramble for a pen and paper. If you... Click, uh, click on the show notes, you will get um, a link, pop your email in there and we will send you the email. So there you go, I wrote my girlfriend in, the beautiful Sarah, and yes indeed she did say, depending on how big you like your balls, she did say that live on a podcast, so that was pretty funny. Uh, I'm not sure if she mentioned, but yeah, you don't need to scramble for the pen and paper for that one, the link is in the description down below. Do the same as threshold calculator. Pin your email into it, and it pops you the it pops you the recipe straight out. So we're not quite finished yet. Just a couple of things that I found interesting at the moment. Sammy B, Sam Bennett, Irish champ. He got his first win today in the Brink Bank, and it was super sketchy. He had to do a bit of bouncing off people in the final few hundred meters uh, sam said it's my first win the irish champs jersey i'm happy that it's come sooner rather than later it was pretty dangerous so i was just keep trying to keep up front the guys did a great job keeping me there and i kept position in the last 2k and just tried to hold the bigger trains and i just tried to stay out of trouble really to be honest i was nervous with the rain I had a few skids in the race but it was good i can't complain so 
big win for Bennett. Great to see the Irish champs jersey. You know, Connor Dunn was obviously a different character in the Irish champs jersey. He wasn't as likely to be getting out winning races and showing himself at the front of the biggest races. Bennett, we're blessed to have one of the world stars at the moment. And yeah, I don't know where he's going to be next season, but he's definitely going to be somewhere big. He says the decision coming up, in his words, really soon. So yeah, I think all of our cycling will be staying tuned to that one. And actually, all of world cycling. Bennett's not just a Irish interest story anymore. We've David Formolo has made a move to United Arab Emirates, and this is an interesting one because Formolo is going to be there alongside Dan Martin. Formolo, obviously second in Liège this year, and the UAE sports director came out and he said uh, David will have the full support of the team for his objectives in the Ardennes Classics. So where does that leave Dan? I don't know. Dan had a mixed tour for me Dan was one of the only riders that would guarantee a big win each year but he's had a mixed year with UAE and they just this weird drama around the drinks this year so uh, I'd nearly like to see Dan out of there and somewhere new uh, I, I don't know what the rumours are and I haven't heard any rumours on if he's going somewhere but it just feels like it's a little bit crowded there with Formolo Formolo I think is only 26 Dan's 31 you know, he's obviously not all for a pro cyclist. He's many good years ahead of him. But it just doesn't seem like all is well there. He's one of the biggest stars in the world. So from a selfish Irish point of view, because Dan's a lovely guy, I'd love to see him going somewhere and getting a fresh start. Okay, lads. And last stat is the crack. That has been the A1 show. Thanks for tuning in. Next edition, we'll be back on Friday. What do you guys think actually about the Friday, Monday uh, release schedule should I go to a Tuesday Thursday what I'm noticing what the Friday one is especially if I'm because I'm typically getting these out what's well, like nine o'clock at night by the time you get this it's typically almost a weekend where you get on as many people listen to podcasts on the weekend I don't know let me know uh, hashtag us on Twitter a1 show a1 podcast and I'll check them and let me and I'll figure out what you guys think as the best uh, date for scheduling release for the podcast uh, as I said at the top and tail as I said at the outset we don't have a show sponsor that A1 Coaching is the show sponsor we're chomping out the results for lads this season we've had in the 90 percentile I think it's like 92% of clients hitting their coach agreed targets this season which is massive considering the amount of clients we have across all our coaches so yeah we've a system that works there guys and you know you can go other places and scrap for you know a few little bit of extra savings there and you know the race to the bottom on price isn't something we get into because the quality's there and we stand by the results that we get season after season for our clients and they're just phenomenal. So uh, I hope you'll take some time. Check us out on a1coaching.net and I will be back to you guys on Friday. Thanks for listening and spread the good word.